0: But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. You may be seated.
1: One of the interesting things... About the story of Jesus' birth is how it impacted everyone involved in significant ways. The shepherds saw a chorus of angel, something that Abraham and Moses and Elijah didn't get to see, and sent the Magi, the wise men, on a journey of a thousand kilometers. Uh, sorry, uh, by camel. Let me say it again. He sent the Magi, wise men, on a thousand-kilometer journey by camel. It caused Herod to be greatly disturbed and to order the slaughter of all the children two years old or younger in Bethlehem. But no one was more greatly changed than Mary and Joseph. And at Christmas, we kind of turned our thoughts naturally to Mary. But what about Joseph? And I want to fix our attention on him this morning. We don't know much about Joseph, who was a carpenter in, in a small town like Nazareth. He was probably the only carpenter. He was betrothed to Mary, which means he was in a binding contract to marry her. It wasn't just an engagement that you could break off by returning the ring. To end a betrothal required divorce. So that's how binding he was. We also know from Scripture that Joseph was a righteous man. Some translations say he was a just man or faithful to the law. That is, he was righteous according to the law. Joseph did not eat unclean food. He didn't associate with wrong kinds of people. He made provision for the poor. He did not cook a goat in his mother's milk. And in a small village like Nazareth, where everybody knew everyone else, everyone would have known that Joseph was a righteous man. Our culture honors wealth and power and fame, so people want to be CEOs or celebrities or all-stars, while well, the Jews honored the Torah, the law of Moses, and the Jew wanted to be righteous. Then you would be admired, you would be respected, and that was Joseph. Now, consider the situation in which he finds himself. The girl to whom he is engaged is pregnant, and Joseph knows that he is not the father. To have a righteous man and a pregnant fiancé in a town where everyone knows everybody else, And in a small town like Nazareth, in ancient Israel, a situation like this may not have arisen in living history. Put yourself in Joseph's place for a moment. Your whole reputation and identity revolve around your commitment to the Torah. As a righteous man, what the Torah says you do. That's who you are. The Torah has some pretty clear instructions about what to do to someone in Mary's condition. Deuteronomy 22 says that if a woman pledged to be married is unfaithful, quote, they shall bring out the young woman to the door of her father's house, and the men of her city shall stone her to death with stones, because she has done an outrageous thing in Israel by whoring in her father's house so you shall purge the evil from your midst. Now, the law was given to preserve the distinction between God's holy people in an overly sexualized Canaanite culture, and that was no longer the reality in which they lived. It's doubtful that this was in practice in Joseph's time. But it may have been. And the sin of Mary was still great. She was clearly unfaithful. If you had any doubt, just look at her protruding stomach. But Joseph was not only concerned with the letter of law, but being a righteous man, he was also concerned with the spirit of law. He didn't just want to be correct, he wanted to be right. So what does God want in a situation like this? We don't stone anymore, but we don't let it go either. So what's the right thing to do? That was Joseph's dilemma. And his fellow righteous men would have told him that this sin must be publicly exposed and punished. Joseph just just bring Mary out, point at her growing stomach, and say, I had nothing to do with this. According to the law, righteousness would have demanded that she be exposed. Sinners need to be excluded. Standards have to be maintained. A righteous man would not hesitate, and yet Joseph hesitated. He had compassion on Mary, but he also couldn't marry her. He couldn't bring himself to say the words and go public, but being a righteous man, he had to do something. And it doesn't take much imagination to know how Joseph must have agonized over this. When the angel comes to Joseph in the passage that we have just read, Joseph, of course, already knows that Mary is pregnant. How did he find out? Maybe he found out the same way as everyone else, by observation. Possibly Mary told him. Again, put yourself in this place. You're engaged to marry to a 15 year old -old girl, or as early as 13, the custom uh, marriage age of the female. And your fiance comes to you and says, I have some bad news and some good news. The bad news is I'm pregnant even though we're not married yet. The good news is I'm still a virgin. I haven't been with anyone else. An angel came to me and said, Hail Mary, full of grace. I'm going to have a miracle baby, and all generations will call me blessed. I know it's never happened before, but it's going to happen. Imagine how she must have protested to him, probably in tears, about her innocence. And imagine Joseph's internal struggle she seemed to be sincere, but really, an angel, a pregnant virgin—no way. So, in the end, he decides to divorce her quietly to textus to end the betrothal. That way, he could minimize her suffering, but maintain his status as a righteous man. Then, in verse twenty, God sends a message to Joseph. But as, or probably after, he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Now, why did God make Joseph think and struggle with all this stuff? Mary has been pregnant for at least three months. So, in fact, when the angel came to Mary, couldn't an angel also have appeared to Joseph and said, this is what Uh, This is what is about to happen. So just so you know, be ready for it. Why couldn't an angel have come to to him ahead of time and explain everything and remove Joseph's anxiety? Maybe anxiety removal is not God's number one goal for Joseph or for you or for me is it possible that in getting his world turned upside down in having to struggle between what he thought a righteous man ought to do and his longing to show compassion to this young girl, maybe Joseph was being prepared by God to come to a new understanding of what real righteousness is. That the turning upside down of his world was actually God turning it right side up. And is it possible that there's a ministry of uncertainty that God is allowing to take place in Joseph's life so he'll come to be the man that God wants him to be, to rise to a new understanding of what righteousness is, more than simply being correct? And is it possible in your life, maybe right now, if you're confused or disoriented about something, Maybe, maybe it's because you're about to grow. Maybe God hasn't acted in the way you think he should. But do you trust him? Do you trust him with your life? With your circumstances. Do you trust that God is in control? Maybe what you need to do is stop and listen and wait on God and trust that God is going to do something in your life that you don't even know about yet. That's what, that's what happens here. The angel says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Why would Joseph be afraid to wed Mary? Joseph would be afraid of offending God and violating the Torah, Torah, but God is saying, this is me at work here, so don't be afraid of that. But I think Joseph would also be afraid of losing his reputation as a righteous man. He'd be afraid of what everyone would think about him. Joseph knew his own doubts. There's no way that people in his town we're going to believe that an angel appeared to a couple in an obscure village, and that the spirit of God caused the conception of child in the body of a virgin teenage girl. Nobody would believe that. And he knew that if he married her, his friends would never accept his account of what happened. He would no longer be invited to their homes. He would not be given their business. He would never again be admired and respected as a lover of the Torah. If he committed himself to this woman and to her baby, the one who would be known as Jesus, he would do so at enormous sacrifice. His whole reputation, the work of a lifetime, would be trashed. The angel says, Do not be afraid. Are you afraid? Afraid of what? What are you afraid of? Are you afraid of people, whoever, will think less of you if you do what God is calling you to do? Are you afraid, uh, are you afraid that what God is calling you to do will make you uncomfortable or that God will turn your world upside down? Maybe it needs to be. Are you afraid that your church won't understand? Joseph did what the angel had commanded him to do, and Joseph demonstrated incredible courage. Having agonized over his situation and knowing full well what obedience would cost him, Joseph does what the able angel tells him. Verse 24, he took Mary home as his wife. That's a legal step. It means that he was publicly claiming her, this, this pregnant teenager, claiming her as his wife. And the first 25 says that he named the baby. This too is legal action. In the act of naming the child, Joseph is publicly adopting this child as his son. Joseph has now tied his destiny to the lives of these two stained reputations. And I think Joseph had here made a choice that would put in awe anyone who comprehends it. His days of being known as a righteous man are over. And whatever the future has for him, it will not be polite respectability. I want to show you how fully Joseph bet the farm, risked everything on what God was doing. You notice in the next chapter of Matthew, Matthew chapter 2, that when the wise men come and find Jesus almost two years later, Where do you find Mary and Joseph and Jesus? Not in the stable or an inn, but in a house in Bethlehem. Now they live here. Two years after the fact, they're still in Bethlehem in a house. Two years after Jesus' birth, Joseph and Mary have remained in Bethlehem. Now, why didn't Joseph take his family back to Nazareth after going to Bethlehem for the census? Could it be, could it be that Nazareth was no longer home? A place where they felt loved and welcome. Had they taken so much heat in Nazareth that they felt compelled to start over in Bethlehem at the other end of the country? And eventually, because things seemed so un... Unsafe for Jesus' life around Jerusalem, they did eventually return to Nazareth. So Joseph raises Jesus and his siblings in a town where he once, but no longer was a respected man. And there's a hint of this in Mark chapter 6, verse 3, when the people say about Jesus, Isn't this the son of Mary and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon's? And are not his sisters, Heather, Heather and Brittany, not with us? Just kidding. Everyone but Joseph. Every man in Israel is always referred to as the son of his father, even when his father was dead. People would have said, should have said, Jesus, son of Joseph. But we know he's not the son of Joseph, right? Not judge. To refer to a man as only a son of his mother was a harsh expression. Something like a crude English phrase where somebody calls somebody else a son of a... an insulting word for the mother. King Saul called this son Jonathan a son of a perverse and rebellious woman. And Mark 6 verse 3 may well reflect that Three decades later, not just years, but decades, Joseph's reputation, and that is his family, still has not recovered from his marriage to Mary. And since Joseph's time, millions of people have made sacrifices for the sake of this one called Jesus. Many have given up status, possessions, convenience, and their freedoms Many have been shunned by your families and their communities. Many have given up their lives. But Joseph, who gives up his identity and reputation for Jesus, has not even seen Jesus yet. When Joseph looks into people's eyes after he obeyed God, things were never the same. They never looked at him with the same respect and admiration. But Joseph had heard God and acted on what God has spoken. And maybe God decided that Jesus, who would be called a friend of sinners, should be raised in a family that knew firsthand what it feels like to be regarded in the spiritually second-class category. Maybe part of why Jesus had a heart for unrespectable people is that he was raised by a father who sacrificed his respectability for Mary and for Jesus. Maybe one reason Jesus had compassion on tax collectors and lepers and women who were walking scandals is that he knew what it meant to his mom that his father had stuck by her when she was single and pregnant and all the righteous folk in his life would have shunned her. Maybe God has reason for this odd, painful, lonely way to start a family. And maybe God still calls people to be willing to die to reputation and to status and comfort for the sake of love, for the sake of Jesus, for the sake of what God is doing in the world. And Joseph made a decision to wed Mary. He thought it was the end of his being known as a righteous man. He did not know fully that the child he was adopted as his own would bring to the human race a new kind of righteousness. a Righteousness beyond just being correct. A righteousness, that is, knowing what God is up to and submitting to it and joining him in it. And that's what we celebrate this Christmas. Amen. As we go into a time of prayer,